Welcome to the Inspired Wild uh, podcast. I am <laughs> sitting here with Mike Steven. We've got Tanner Vernon. We are sitting in the Eagle River Lodge in Eagle, Colorado. Let's see. And uh, we are on an adventure. Today was the opening day of fourth season rifle in uh, a Western unit that is most sought after. It is that. And uh, we had a pretty good day. You want to kick it off there, Tanner? Get uh, off your phone again? Last last pod- podcast, Tanner interrupted us t- twice, maybe three times, I'm not sure. And uh, with music from his Snapchat yeah, you filters. Yeah, you got to keep up on that stuff. Um, no, this morning um, we kind of made a big loop. Um Started out in some low brush country, saw a few bucks, saw a pretty good wide buck, big beams, probably 26-inch beams, just didn't have a lot of point length, and then um, went back up over. We went to some higher country, threw up into the snow, and um, there's, you know. Still a lot of deer tracks up there. a bunch of deer hanging out up high. What, Um, uh, what, it was nine degrees this morning. Now, the first, you've been here. Uh, you were two days prior to the season scouting. Yeah. And you said the first morning it was minus two. Yeah, it was negative two. And I mean, it's all, it's the same pretty much. Negative two is the same as nine degrees. Right. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. But it's been real cool in the mornings. And, uh, and then been nice during the day. Yeah. Especially today, it warmed up into the 40s at one point. And like that first day, it was, you know, in the 20s all day. And I think, um, the deer movement was was better for sure um, at that time, but I mean it still is not it's not bad today for sure. We so. had movement till about ten o'clock, mm-hmm. and uh, then we were see, we saw bucks uh, pushing does at two. Yeah, and I mean you still you know we still see a buck here and there through midday because the rut is just getting cranking. So I mean those bucks are going to be moving no matter what you know unless they're locked down with a doe and she's not moving but now in this hunt we've talked a lot about our expectations and uh for those of people that have followed outback outdoors or you know our social media stuff over the years know that i am an equal opportunity hunter <laughs> is that a polite way to say what I am? Tanner? Yeah, just a bad trophy hunter, which isn't a bad thing. Right. But yeah, I, I, historically, historically, the records have not shown you to pass very many animals, <laughs> very many anything, deer, whatever. Right. So, and so this year's been kind of different because I passed that little bull in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and then. Literally, a minute later, we got an opportunity at a big bull, and I killed that that big bull in Kentucky. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a pretty cool deal. We had no idea. We we pretty much thought that that was over. Um, and then you know this gift bull walks out. Let's, I mean, raghorn bull walks out, and we're we're pretty sure that was the last opportunity we we're gonna get. And you opted to pass and then 
15 minutes later. <laughs> no, well, he was dead. Yeah, I mean, but right. immediately after that, he bugled, but yeah, then 15 minutes later or whatever, yeah. you know, he shot him. But So that was, was impressive. I was impressed. Yeah, Even, and, then, <laughs> and then today I kind of came through. Of course, our expectations on this hunt is we were going to hold out for a buck of a lifetime for me. Yeah. which isn't hard <laughs> again back to my being a bad trophy hunter um i've got some things on the walls the biggest probably the biggest critters i've killed as far as trophy class is uh an antelope i killed a, a pretty good antelope in the mid 80s yeah with a bow with a bow and um and then i've got some whitetail that are um 150 i got a uh, that eight point that I killed in Kansas in 2013, I want to say. I think mm-hmm. he taped out just over 150, which is pretty impressive for an eight point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but I just, uh, for me, the trophy isn't the mount, the trophy isn't the inches of antler, the trophy to me is the adventure. And it's different than maybe someone who doesn't video all their stuff because the trophy is the actual film. Right. It's the actual in production. I have that. That's my trophy. And um, I always say I, I'd rather have a really good field photo with that animal in its natural environment the last time before I break it down than a mount on the wall. Yeah. Because to me, respecting that animal, especially with the fact that, you know, I shoot a lot of 130 to 150 <laughs> class bucks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, deer wise. And a lot of sub 300 bulls. Um, you know. But this hunt's different. And so I've come in with a total different mindset, really, depending on a team effort. Mikey and Tanner to how does the situation lay out and and what are we looking for Mm -hmm. and for me we were talking about this earlier Tanner that when you start throwing inches as your gauge man I think you kind of you miss the mark yeah to to an extent I I really do I mean like I, I, I really like I just I just score stuff like (laughs) <laughs> in my free time I like doing that I like and it's a good um, like reference for an animal I think score is and um, you know through guiding I try to be as accurate as I can um, right because you're guiding a client who's looking for a a class of buck in let's say 180 let's use that yeah. number randomly and so if you're looking if their expectation is 180 and that's what they want yeah. and you're in a unit that has that and you tell them this buck is 180 and he comes in at 165 looks bad on you yeah i mean um yeah so i i like i i won't say that i don't like score i mean i like (laughs) i like big scoring stuff but the other thing and like on this hunt we're not gonna you know shoot something that scores 160 probably no i mean it's just not gonna happen but you know the type of buck that we're looking for is probably gonna be you know 180 190 or bigger um 
But I think what we're talking about is just, he has to just look good, you know, has to just be kind of a no brainer. And so whether he's 180 or 220, if he's, you know, impressive looking, that's what, that's what we're the wow lo- factor looking for there. And, yeah. and, that, and that's going to be more important, I think, to us, at least for me, than the inches of antler. Although I'm sure, you know, you'll grab a tape and, and stretch it out because it's always fun. People are going to want to ask, hey, what did he score? Yeah. Because Adam puts it, he does it, he, he puts it really uh, eloquently when he says this. He says, a score is just how big big is. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Right. A 170-inch buck is a great buck. Yeah. A 190-inch buck is a great buck. Um, it scores. Uh, how big is big? Yeah. So, you know, um, a trophy uh, quality for, for each hunt. And if we were hunting a unit that was less animals or a different time of year, that's something – our expectations would be would be set probably different than, mm-hmm. than this. Um, you hunted uh, second season, mm-hmm. and you're hunting a unit that's got bucks, but it's not like this. Yeah, it's a it was a, it was a third choice tag. Honestly, I mean it's there's there's not leftovers, but <laughs> you can draw it. You and, know. And so you were looking. What was your expectation on that hunt? Um, on that. See, and that's where I kind of like to use score. I mean, I I, th- I was kind of looking for a 170 buck, which in my opinion is very doable in any unit, no matter if it's third choice or leftover or whatever in Colorado. I think 170, um, if you hunt hard and, you know, you you go where, I mean, just the type of country that will grow a buck like that is not, you know, away from the roads, whatever. But if you get back in there... Um, Sometimes it's not away from the roads. Sometimes it's something else that makes it good country. But, um, yeah, I, I just think every unit will hold a 170. So then that's kind of what I what I was shooting for on that hunt. Some of the um, some other units in the state that are, you know, maybe a little better, I'd probably be more of like a 180 mark. But And that's just, you know, if there's a big heavy buck that walks out that's a, you know, 30-inch 3x4, uh, he's <laughs> he's probably in trouble. So because I mean, he's so impressive. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. So I mean, I I do kind of look for a mark there to hit, but it's uh it's not set in stone that a one seventy is what I have to have. Right, right, and uh, you know we were talking today, driving around, and I think didn't you say Jason Carter uh, said it, but that Colorado is a a buck factory, a big buck factory. Yeah, yeah. I think I've heard on uh, the Epic podcast before. I think that's where it was. It just, and it's true. Like it just, Colorado just produces lots of deer, and um, the genetics are good, really good here. I mean, you know, the Boone and Crockett record books, you know, would say that this is the best genetics in the world, and when you produce that many bucks and that many deer and we tend to have a really a lot higher um buck to doe ratio than other states uh our low wind you know is like 25 um bucks per 100 does and that's that's a pretty decent unit in a lot of states and a lot of our units are 30s and 40 bucks uh 30s for sure some of the better units 
probably be more like in the 40s per 100 dose so well and and that's not knocking nevada or not knocking arizona or new mexico or wyoming anything like that there's some utah there's some great bucks in idaho yeah uh, montana i mean but there is something if you wanted to go and just look at the record books and you say okay let's use boone and crockett Mm -hmm. you know colorado is uh, does pretty well as far as producing big well i mean i i saw numbers one time on so idaho has the second most boone and crockett entries and i want to say for typical boone and crockett entries uh, idaho was in the 300s and colorado was 700 and like high 700s so it's a that's a unreal uh difference there between it's just you know and you get like the arizona strip you know is going to produce some big big 230 plus type deer every year and uh but not very many of them there's right. not very many tags the same thing with like the henry's and in utah yeah. and there's always big bucks to come off general and utah and everywhere but i don't there's just not a place that consistently produces as many big bucks and they might not be you know, Arizona strip giant non-typicals, but just, you know, the amount of 180 plus deer is really, really good in Colorado. Right, right. And so for us driving around glass and deer, it's, especially with trying to produce a show, it's pretty fun to have this many animals. Sometimes you go on a hunt and especially bow hunting, the problem is, you go, you're out, you might get one or two opportunities, and then you're like, okay, what are we going to, you know, how are we going to share this experience, and you don't have a lot of animal footage, because the, the opportunities are le- more limited. Here, we were filming bucks that were that were in a lot of the units or a lot of other states. These bucks would have been shot right away, and we were able to film them and, you know, kind of social media hey what do you think of this buck you know and just kind of get people's impression we posted up one buck today uh pass uh, you know shooter shooter pass and i think we had 90 percent said shoot and it was a buck we passed yeah um but we're also well uh, we didn't really pass him we didn't go after him right so correct there's a correct there's a difference there right right um, I, I mean we didn't even make a play on him yeah. because we didn't that was not what we wanted right and it's not because we're these great amazing hunters it's because the area and the time it's just man it's just a great mm-hmm. it's mule deer heaven it really is and i uh i'm not much on rifle hunting as far as uh in the last 10 years probably uh i've pulled a trigger probably three times and uh, I actually was pretty excited about this because my my history I started out hunting mule deer in New Mexico right. with a rifle. So um, you know, getting back to your roots, and and there's something to be said for uh, in the high country. You got snow, and, you know, it's it's a different style of hunt than a early season backcountry, you know type mm-hmm. of hunt so it, it's 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 a lot of fun a lot of fun well, let's talk about after we uh we saw a couple of those bucks this morning we took a little break had some lunch went back out and um we saw we actually what we did is we drove up onto a high spot kind of by a 
a, uh, a tower mm-hmm. looking over, well, we could probably see for two miles, but we were looking down and right away, um, Mikey looks over and goes, well, there's deer right here. And there was two does standing there about a hundred yards from us. And sure enough, here comes two bucks. Yeah. And, and uh, I actually got a chance to look at the those bucks pretty good. First buck was probably a 160 inch buck. Nice four by four. I mean, just beautiful deer. Second buck was even better. And he was a four by four, but then he had a inline in his split on the left rear or right rear maybe it was right right rear, right rear and that's a 170 inch deer and here we are looking at oh that's cool kind of like you would in a normal hunt you would look at a you know a little three point that was two years old and you're like oh that's yeah you know it, it just felt so backwards <laughs> yeah but it was cool and then of course we looked down even further glass more turn up another buck um so that was cool and, and that was at two o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm then uh, we decided, well, first of all, before, even before that, we had to go to town to get you underwear. Yeah. Who in their right mind brings two pairs of underwear to a five-day hunt? Tanner well, Burnett. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hiked through them, man. I just hiked holes right through my underwear. They weren't really doing their job anymore. So... <laughs> And you had to get you some fresh. I had to get some new ones. You had to get you some new Hanes briefs. Oh, yeah. Some boxer briefs. They're boxer not briefs. Brief. They're boxer briefs. Boxer briefs. Yeah, there there's a go. big difference. I'm sorry. There's I, less hugging going on with the I boxer briefs. I don't I don't wear any, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, kidding. Gosh. I do. No, no, com- <laughs> no homo. No homo. Oh, no commando gosh. here. Um, so after we left there, we wanted to work through some other other country and it was kind of weird because you pulled off off a main road yeah a frontage road but it was pretty busy yeah and we're glassing up across private onto uh, an open face that is public Mm -hmm. and right away we started picking out deer yeah i was struggling with the angled spotter um on the, on the window are, mount. Those things are stupid. Don't don't buy an angled spotter. Um, they are. <laughs> I will say this. I got used to using that angled. It's the Maven, and I I really like it. And I got used to using it off a tripod, um, but it did take some getting used to versus a straight scope. There, yeah. There's just no reason for it in my <laughs> in my opinion. You, you I was struggling. You yeah. can't pick anything up. You like look in one direction. It's like. It's like you got some lazy eyes or something because your <laughs> head is facing the completely wrong way, and the bucks are over here, and it just it makes no sense. Well, it would if you did it enough. It's just like a the old. Did you ever have the toy, the periscope, that you could look around corners, and you look in one, and it's just mirrors, a little plastic toy. No, I played with mud when I was a kid. You were you had, you had mud. You were lucky. <laughs> you had mud. Wow. Um. <laughs> oh that's funny but anyway uh it, it takes some getting used to but you ended up picking out a pretty good buck and then you caught sight <laughs> yeah well mikey while i'm fumbling with the angle he's like oh yeah there's deer up there and so i'm i was actually trying to find the deer that he was on and with the angled piece of junk i actually ended up on a different deer <laughs> Which ended up being a pretty decent buck. You should talk to Eric about that tomorrow when he comes to glass with us because he's the one that that, that uh, lent us that, that angled 
Maybe. <laughs> oh, we'll have words. Okay. Eric and I. <laughs> Eric Whiting's going to come with us tomorrow and glass a little bit. Um, but you you ended up you saw that one buck and you said man he's got a lot going on but you weren't and you knew he was narrow and he had he did have a lot going on but he was inside of his ears and so i just i mean he just didn't from and it was a long i don't know how far away that is but that's quite a a long ways away long ways um and so you can't tell a whole lot about a buck from that far but generally frame you know is about all you can get a but then you picked up another buck that you thought Mm -hmm. was a lot better framed buck he was yeah i picked up a wide buck and i still don't know where he went where he went or if he was one of the bucks that we did end up seeing later but i don't know so we did the old drive around because we're literally go into a neighborhood work our way through the neighborhood to get to the to the public land on the back side yep and um we ended up having we used our the onyx maps to to mark where they were so then when we got up on there we knew which ridge we could get up above and look down on yeah i actually this might be cheating but i actually got on google earth and you know found found our location and then i just angled the view up to where i was on google earth i was getting the same view the same view on google earth which i do a whole bunch uh, Mikey and I are talking about this. I do that a whole bunch for for scouting. Like I can go, you can go in with that, and you can, you know, if you if there's a piece of a ridge that looks, you know, really good or whatever that you want to glass, you can actually go into the Google Earth and angle that and find the points where you can glass that ridge from. And it's a super super helpful um, scouting tool. So I actually used that and I angled it up saw basically what I was looking at through binos and then was able to pinpoint and then I went on to um, Onyx on the satellite view and found that same spot and marked it and then we were able to go drive around. Um, And when we got around sure enough I mean deer just were everywhere. Yeah. It's and we're we're on a, a a piece of public that then goes a little further and then it gets on to another big ranch it's yeah. private and so we're kind of we got these deer in a transition zone between two piece two pieces of private private down by the highway and then then the the branch up on the yeah top. and there's a right in there um you guys notice all the trees that were cut down and stuff it was a it's a mule deer um foundation like an improvement site and i don't know the details on it yeah i was gonna say there's it the, seemed like with all that clear cut, that's probably why there were so many deer and in the there. And the deer loved it. So whatever they, whatever they did, the deer, there's deer just packed in there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Cause we drove right around and got right above where we had glassed that, those bucks up at. So I think, you know, and I've got my bow here and I, I'm not opposed to, I mean, if we get a big, big old, if we find the one, I have no problem pulling trigger on a rifle, but it would be cool to get down there in that stuff and hunt those bucks. Now, I don't know if you could get away with it with all the deer that are in yeah. there. It's pretty open. There's just, it's just sage, kind of rolling sage and there's does. The problem is, is there's does all the way around the bucks in every direction right. for 300 yards spread out through there. So 
it'd be it'd be pretty tough yeah about the only way you could get it done is you'd have to like pick a really good spot and just hope that you know one of those does runs past with the buck pushing her right right well and yeah you'd almost have to get in there and set up make a great not make one but use some of those the 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 cut down trees as your ground blind Mm -hmm. and let them move around you um but we got set up on the ridge and right away we picked out deer and then you mikey you you caught glimpse of that antler on that that unique buck that had he had the three kind of a crown on on his backs yeah yeah i was just looking i mean you guys were spotting you know spotting some deer here and there and i so i was setting up cameras and everything and then i pulled the binoculars up and started looking down and i just was scanning across some does and for whatever reason the exact spot i was sitting in there was a uh, an opening in the sage and in that opening was i could see a back fork and a main beam of a buck laying down and i was like oh there's one <laughs> so you guys got the spotter put oh, on yeah. it and, mm-hmm. and we started watching now, he laid there for quite a while and then finally got up and boy he would have been impressive if he had some fronts but he had weak fronts on one side and no front on the on the right side yeah just poor beams are really too yeah. uh short real short beams big pretty good backs he's a big body deer too yeah and then he got up and started pushing around doe and then the next thing we know we started seeing up oh, there's another buck oh, no, i think we had eight counted eight bucks there at one time pushing trying to push does around and posturing up and i would say we at least saw eight. i mean that, i just threw that number out there <laughs> there was yeah, probably I mean, more towards the <laughs> when you could hardly see anymore i mean i was trying to real hard to look at some of these other bucks that had been popping up so i mean yeah, it could have it, towards dark it was like they doubled yeah and there was uh they the the does had worked up into the sage flat even more so and uh, there was bucks just it, it was just pandemonium um i we were watching a buck that either it was really good on the left side but he was broken on the right or he grew funny i I was watching through the spotting scope but it looked like he kind of had a pitchfork on the right side and on the left side he had a beautiful mainframe four and if he would have matched he would have been a 180 inch deer yeah he was pretty pretty good forks good beams but and then right behind him was another deer that was a, a good mainframe probably 168 uh, or uh eight, 160 four by four yeah and then all of well, a sudden was, yeah that that other buck was he's basically a three-point frame and then his g4 split right and he really really thin horned deer i think that that deer's gonna be a and he's wide that deer's gonna be a stud right. yeah <laughs> he's young and then all of a sudden out of nowhere came this other buck and we think it's definitely the, the the buck you first saw the from the road. Buck I saw from the road because yeah. he. I think we started counting points. He had eight on one side and seven on the other, six on the other, something I, like that. I think seven, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he just had a lot going guards. on, but he's he's not twenty two inches wide. Yeah, he's yeah. He was inside of his ears. Yeah, he. And then uh, with with eye guards, I mean, you start adding that up, and I I don't know. That might be a one ninety. I don't know what it but is. It's, he's pretty. We're big. sitting there looking at him, and what are we? 
we're just all three of us are like, well, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? I, I, man, he's good. I mean, he's going to score well. You know, all those points, you know. Uh, you know, of course, when we talk scoring, we're talking gross, not necessarily net. And, uh, um, but, and he was what, 350 yards? Yeah. I yep. mean, he was within shooting range. And, um, we, we, so we got the, the phone scope out. Got video of him, took pictures of him. I'm texting it to people. Say, what do you think? You know, we're Instagramming it up, just going, "Hey, shoot or pass." And and uh, and then it, you know, it was one of those things where uh, a buddy of mine, Drummond Lindsay, I had gotten a hold of, and, and you know, Drummond knows he knows Mule Deer real well, and he says, "Travis said you can shoot it. It's a great buck." But he said, "Is it is it the buck?" you want is it is it the, and i just tanner made a good point tanner said i think you need it, there's going to be a buck that you're going to grab the rifle and you're going to say that's the one yeah i mean the the buck literally had i mean i'm thinking 17 scoreable points counting his eye guards and and he's still i mean when you look at him like when, at first glance I mean, he's just a buck, you know, he's not super tall, um, he's really narrow, just a small frame, and then you get to look at him, you're like, oh crap, he's got points everywhere, and I mean, it's it, it's impressive, like, you don't see a deer with that kind of stuff going on that's not, like, 220, 230. Right, that's ever. not, yeah, that it's not at least 28 inches wide. <laughs> like, I mean, this, this deer should be a monster, and he's just not, and I just think, you know, on... If you have to think about it that hard, whether to shoot him or not, uh, I mean, it's he's not the one, you know? Right, yeah. So, he just looked like he had a bush growing off his head. Yeah, I mean, really. it was just stuff everywhere. Yeah, but not, not, but not like goofy, like a cactus buck type goofy. He didn't look like he had a tumbleweed on his head. No, they he were He had all, a frame, and they were all they correct. They were all inlines and cheaters, just, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was impressive. Yeah. We'll put some uh, pictures up of him. If you go to the website, we'll do that so you can kind of get a get a feel for him. I, I think by then it was getting dark, and we had to make the call. And I just said, you know what? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready. Not on the first day. Yeah, that's what I said. Not on the first day. And of course, I live by the motto: shoot on the la shoot on the first day, what you'd shoot on the last day. Which I think is a horrible motto, but we don't have to go into that. Okay, well, I appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, um, then it started getting dark, and that's when you started seeing those other bucks pop out. And, yeah. and you saw that one that had a really good frame, but you just couldn't see him. It just there was just not enough light to see what he had going on. I could tell when he turned his head back and forth, he was wide and he was tall, but I couldn't tell anything about how many points he actually had. And yeah, I mean there there's a bunch of deer in there, and I can't imagine going back up there and not picking out a few new deer that we didn't see last night well and and you've mentioned this before tanner that since you've been here you've seen some of the same groups of does and well, there's yeah. been different bucks i was in that same that spot that we were tonight and 
I and there was a deer everywhere a couple of days ago, two days ago, same exact spot. I mean, same amount of deer or more, and I don't remember any of those bucks. And I looked at them, you know, and so I mean that's just that's how this time of year is. It's just the All bucks right. are just cruising. It's it's pretty cool. All right, it's fun. And and tomorrow we could go back in there, and it could be a whole different group of bucks. You know, we'll see. Well, it's been a a long day as I'm yawning here. It's been a a long day, a great day, um, a lot of activity, uh, covered a lot of country, and I think that's we talked about that with this hunt. That's something we were going to have to do. Yeah, we were going to have to put in the time, cover the country, in order to uh, capitalize on seeing new bucks and and weeding through. You know the the one sixties, the one seventies, stuff like that, in order to try and find that that special special buck. And I think we're going to. I think we're going to find one. I feel confident. And uh, you know, I I am not sold out on the fact that I, I have to shoot it with a with a bow. Mm-hmm. But if the opportunity arises and it's something where you mentioned something earlier, Tanner, about why it's so hard to do it with a bow this time of year. And that's that they're moving yeah. all the time. Yeah, they move a lot. It's not like when we're hunting them with bow in, in August and September, we bed them down. Yep. But at first bed, you know they're going to get up in an hour, hour and a half, move around, and then they get their day bed. Mm-hmm. And they're there till... 5, 5.30, maybe even later sometimes. And then that's when you have that length of time to go stalk them. Mm-hmm. We don't have that hit now no. because, the number one, there's crunchy snow because it's in some parts. Some parts the snow is not so bad, but higher up today, it was, you know, four or five inches of snow and it was it was crusty. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely going to be hard to sneak in on something. Um, and then tonight we were a little bit lower and in the sage, but... They're just not. It's not like they're bedding down. Okay, I'm gonna sneak down there, and there's thirty does. Yeah, and eight bucks, and <laughs> you know. So, uh, but we'll find one. We'll find one, and we will keep everybody posted. Day one is in the books, and uh, we learned some new facts today at Burger King. But maybe. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk oh, we about that, that later. That. No, oh, we got to share that. We, uh, I mean, this is this is the ignorance of people. So we we were trying to get a quick meal because we wanted to do this podcast and do stuff, get to get to bed at a decent hour because we get up early and want to be up in first light. And and we were just about to leave. And uh, Tanner has uh, Tanner enjoys shed hunting. <laughs> And I don't a know lot. a lot. And I don't know anybody that's more of a conservationist uh, than Tanner. Uh, it, Tanner would never do anything that would jeopardize uh, deer or elk or anything like that. Yeah, I, um, I love, absolutely love shed hunting, but I love deer and elk, mostly deer, <laughs> more. So, I mean, I would never, like, if there's, if there's, you know, does in there or whatever. I like, I'm not going to just go walk through that. Yeah. Anyway, you already <laughs> get worked up. So we're sitting there guy walks in and goes, Hey, is that your truck shedding? 
And, <laughs> and what we should have said is said, no, it's shredding. <laughs> we're snowboarders or something like that. We didn't, we're not that quick on our feet. But uh, Tanner said, yeah. He said, well, well, why don't you leave him alone? Yeah, he's like, uh, stop pushing deer on the winter range. And then he just walks into the bathroom. <laughs> into the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, So, and okay. I was getting, I was getting our dessert and we were going to go bring it back here and have our little uh, ice cream. <laughs> and, uh, and then he comes back out and anyway, there was, it was ignorant. We, we tried to explain to him, he said, look, you know, and finally and I, <laughs> I, I, I got a little frustrated, but I said, look, we're conservation. He goes, well, I'm conservationist too. I said, okay, I understand that. And um, you made a good point. You said, "Look, where we're shed hunting, they're not calving." Yeah, and that's, what, he, that's the, the point, point. He was. That's the same point. He that was what he's trying to tell us was, you know, you need to stop going around and pushing pushing deer and elk when they're calving. Yeah, he blamed shed hunting on the decline of. De of yeah, he yeah. said there's the a direct, direct correlation. There's a direct correlation between shed hunting and and the decline in the population. And I will say there, I mean, there's people that do it irresponsibly, but there's also people out there that are, you know, probably going to shoot a buck off somebody's field tonight at about one in the morning, and that's that's terrible. Yeah, it's just it's not. We I think we kind of get lumped in all together. Um, sometimes and that really sucks and i've never shed hunted in a day yeah a day in, I've shed in a day i've never shed hunted a day in my life i will never probably shed hunt a, the only shed hunting i've done is i tripped over a shed one time <laughs> i almost broke my arm it's the only shed hunting i've done to oh. me it's a to i got to so many other things to do i don't need another hobby yeah i don't need you know it's just not my bag and uh so he's and i finally just said dude you don't know us yeah, it's just a, such a broad, like a, just a generalization that, you know, and he was just basically saying that I go in and push deer around and, and you that's, know, basically we, to what, for, so they will drop their antlers, which is. Oh. So, <laughs> so for, in the situation like that, you could, you know, that's like making an assumption. Well, you're here in this area where people go in and build houses on the winter range and, you know, we could accuse him of that. Yeah, I mean, his house is probably in the middle of freaking prime deer winter range. And and know, he kills more deer than you do. <laughs> by butterfly effect, he's right. killed yeah. killing, for, killing and, and displacing more deer than yeah, you'll ever I mean, do. Want, you know, you'll ever be able to do shit, honey. Yeah. So we, we came back from Burger King a little bit hot and hot <laughs> heated. And, of course, he smelled like a brewery. Almost, we almost freaking called dis, uh, the, the county dispatch on him to give him his license plate and have him pull him over and have him go spend the night at the Husky, Huskow, the little, what do you call it? The clank. The clink. <laughs> the, the drunk tank. Um, he was a little inebriated, but, you know. Just ignorant. Yeah, just unfortunate. It's unfortunate. You know, it's it's the same it's the same broad stro stroke people paint hunters. Yeah. Oh, you just are a killer. You just want to, you know what? Well, that's not true. I'm not a killer. Uh, we, <laughs> I, got a, I got a stack of unfilled tags that will prove that. No, but I mean, they lump all hunters in that we're just bloodthirsty. Yeah. And, and the fact of the matter is, it's like we were talking about earlier, the area we were hunting, there was a mule deer conservation uh, who did that? Who yeah, cut those trees? Hunters. Those were hunters yep. that went in there, and now the mule deer are thriving in oh, there. Oh, they're so, thick in there. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah so anyway and i'm, I'm, gonna, sh- I'm probably gonna shit hunt that spot if we're being honest guys <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guarantee they won't be calving and they won't be dropping fawns God, in there. i hope no. not they freaking no. all get slurped up by lions yeah that is a lion fest in there that would be easy pickings well then, then we got back to the hotel and there was a nice buck in the back of a truck yeah, yeah it's all it just turned everything right around didn't yep. it? right yeah yep. yeah so so we by the time we got into the hotel we were uh a little bit happier and, and satisfied <laughs> with could, life we could celebrate another hunter's success right and be right. good ish people right well <laughs> It's been a great day, guys, and uh, we're going to sign off on today's podcast. As always, we hope that you guys are out in the wild, embracing your wild, finding that connection, and uh, and, and enjoying it. And uh, we'll keep you posted on the Colorado mule deer hunt and what we see. Hopefully, we can find that one, that, that buck that has the wow factor. In the meantime, God bless, and we'll see you down the trail.